a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is KSL's Religion Today, a weekly look at religion and spirituality here at home and around the world. Now, here's your host, Martin Tanner, on KSL News Radio. Welcome. This is Religion Today. I'm your host, Martin Tanner. It's Mother's Day in honor of mothers all around the world. Some stories of great women in the Bible. In alphabetical order, to show no particular favoritism here. Let's start off with Abigail. Who was Abigail? She was the wife of a wealthy but harsh man named Nabal. You can find her story in 1 Samuel chapter 25. Abigail was a discerning, humble, wonderful person. What did she do? Abigail acted with real wisdom and discernment in order to avoid a calamity. She and her husband, Nabal, lived in the region where David, Israel's future king, was hiding as a fugitive. While David and his men were there, they were asking for some food. Nabal Nabal insolently refused to provide it. David was incensed, so he and his men went out to kill Nabal and all the men of his household. Abigail acted quickly when she heard what her husband had done, although she, of course, didn't know what David's plans were. She gave her servants a supply of food to take to David and his men, and she followed to beg for David's mercy. When David saw her gift and observed her humility and heard her wise advice, she recognized that God had used her to prevent a tragedy that he was about to commit. What did we learn from Abigail? She had a balanced view of herself. Although she was beautiful and wealthy, she kept the peace She wasn't arrogant. She was willing to apologize for something that wasn't even her fault. She handled a tense situation calmly, with great tact, with great courage, and great resourcefulness, avoided a disaster, and saved the life of her husband, and avoided David and his men from doing a great wrong. Next, let's talk about Deborah from Judges chapter 4. Who was Deborah? She was a prophetess whom Israel's God Jehovah used to reveal his will. She helped solve problems. She did a bunch of things. Let's talk about Deborah for a minute. She courageously supported God's worshipers at his direction, she summoned Barak to lead an Israelite army against the Canaanite oppressors. 
You can read about that in Judges chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. When Brock asked Deborah to go with him, she didn't give in to fear, but complied with his request. After God gave Israelites a decisive victory, Deborah helped compose a song, which you can read in Judges chapter 5. What do we learn from Deborah? She was self-sacrificing. She was courageous. She encouraged others to do the right thing in God's eyes. When they did so, she generously gave them credit for what they did rather than taking the credit herself. Esther, Queen Esther, was a Jewish woman who was chosen by a Persian king to become his queen. Esther used her influence to prevent the genocide of the Jews at the time. She discovered an official decree that had been issued by Haman, an evil guy, that was to, on a specific day, have all the Jews in the Persian Empire executed. Esther, with the help of her cousin Mordecai, risks her life, reveals the plot to her husband, the king, and the Jews avoid genocide because of Esther. What's her example? She courageously, you might think, well, it's not so courageous. She's the wife of the king. But it was courageous because she was Jewish and she was trying to help the Jews avoid a lawful decree issued by the government over which her husband ruled. That was a dicey step to take, but it paid off because she did it in a tactful way, in a wonderful way, explaining everything that was going on. Hannah, who was Hannah? Take a look at 1 Samuel chapters 1 through 7. She was the wife of Elkanah, the mother of Samuel, who became, of course, a very prominent prophet in ancient Israel. So what did Hannah do? She was childless. So she turned to God for comfort. Others ridiculed her because she was childless for a long, long time after being married. Hannah continues to pray and have faith in God over years. She ultimately makes a vow to God, saying that if God will grant her a son, she will give him by arranging for her son to serve at the tabernacle. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 11. God answered Hannah's prayer. She gives birth to Samuel the prophet. Hannah kept her promise and took Samuel to serve at the tabernacle when he was still a boy. Year after year, she remembers him, makes a coat for him, and brings it to him. God blesses Hannah with five more children, three sons, two daughters. We learn from Hannah's heartfelt prayers and how she endures great trials that last years. She's a wonderful story of great, great faith despite hardships. 
The next woman I wanted to mention is found in Judges chapter 4. Her name is Jael. You may not remember her. She was the wife of Heber, a non-Israelite. Jael took a fearless stand for God's people. She acted decisively when a guy named Sisera, the chief of the Canaanite army, shows up in her camp. Sisera lost his battle against Israel and is now looking for a place to hide out. Jael invites him into the tent, saying she's going to hide him, and tells him to rest. While he's sleeping, she executes this evil king by taking a mallet and driving a tent stake through his head clear into the ground. A little bit graphic, but that's what she did. Take a look at Judges chapter 4, starting in verse 17. Her action fulfilled a prophecy spoken of by Deborah. Quote, it will be into the hand of a woman that Jehovah will deliver Sisera. Close quote. Take a look at Judges chapter 4, verse 9. For her role, she was praised as one of the most noble of women in Judges 5, verse 24. We learn that she was not afraid to do something that was pretty dramatic to save her country. She was a wonderful woman. The next person that I wanted to mention is Judith. You may say, Judith, I don't remember her in the Bible. Well, you need to read the Apocrypha. There's a great story about Judith in the Apocrypha. She's a Jewish widow who lived in a small town of Bethulia. Her husband had died of sunstroke years earlier while working in the barley fields at harvest time. When we come back, more about Judith and what she did to save Israel. It's a wonderful story. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. It's Mother's Day. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes. Religion Today with host Martin Tanner continues on KSL News Radio. Welcome back. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. It's Mother's Day, and in honor of mothers everywhere, I'm discussing and relating the stories of some wonderful women in the Bible, some of whom you will certainly have heard of before, some perhaps not, like the story of Judith that we're in the midst of right now. This is found in the Apocrypha. Take a look at the story of Judith. It's absolutely wonderful. She's a widow who lives in the small town of Bethulia, and it's located at a mountain pass through which the Assyrian army would have to go to conquer 
Jerusalem. The Syrian army had amassed and was ready to try to take over Israel. When they see this, the men of this tiny town of Bethulia in the past were loyal to Israel, but felt helpless against this mighty Assyrian army. Judith won't just give up. She prays to God for help to know how to save her little town of Bethulia and Israel. This is a prayer note for something well beyond her own personal abilities. But she prays with great faith. Judith's prayer is answered. She doesn't know exactly what to do, but she knows how to start and that God will direct her. She puts on her makeup and dresses up as beautifully as her means will permit. She takes her handbag or basket, as some translations say, and she simply walks carefully out of her small little town and down to the camp of the Assyrian general, who is smitten with her politeness and her beauty. Thinking that she is there to be with him, the Assyrian general invites her into his tent and wants to sleep with her. But he drinks too much and passes out. Judith cuts off his head with his own sword, puts it in her handbag, and just simply walks back to her town in the middle of the night. In the morning, Judith shows the little army in her town, the head of the general, rallies the small Jewish army who attacks the massively larger Assyrian army. The Assyrian army wakes up at the commotion, sees the head of their general on a post outside the Jewish town of Bethulia, and the Jews attacking. They see God's hand at work and not on their side, and they flee in terror back to Syria. Judith's bravery saves not only her town, but also Jerusalem and all of Israel. What do we learn from Judith? She acts with supreme faith that God will show her what to do despite taking actions that seemingly would result in her own death and were beyond her own ability to control. She risked her own life for others, believing God would guide her in what to do. What a courageous, wonderful act of faith. Next, Leah. She's the first wife of the patriarch Jacob, her younger sister. The younger sister is Rachel. Rachel is the one who is loved by Jacob. Leah's the sister, the wife who isn't wanted. That's a rough position in which to find yourself. This all happens because Leah doesn't disrespect her father and does what her father tells her to do and tricks Jacob and marries him. But 
this doesn't change the affections that Jacob has. He loves Rachel more than Leah. This is a really difficult situation for Leah. God takes note of Leah's feelings and blesses her with seven children, six sons, and one daughter. What do we learn from Leah? That ultimately, God will help those who have great faith in him, even in distressing or difficult family circumstances, like the one in which Leah found herself. This is a difficult story that shows great, great faith. The next story that I wanted to mention is a little bit, uh, just a short one, about Mary, who's the mother of Jesus, from a little bit different point of view. Now, at the time that the angel Gabriel appeared to her, she would have been a young Jewish woman, likely in junior high or high school age today. She is confronted by angel Gabriel, who announces to her that she's been chosen to be the mother of the Messiah. She doesn't know how all this is going to work out or what's possible, but she has great, great faith, despite being just a young woman. She has difficulties with Joseph after he realizes that she's expecting. Ultimately, after Jesus is born, Mary and Joseph have four Sons together and at least two daughters. If you take a look at Matthew chapter 13, verses 55 and 56, she has this amazing experience. Another story of great faith. Rahab, who was a prostitute in the Canaanite city of Jericho, becomes a worshiper of Jehovah. What does she do? She becomes a believer in Jehovah, so she listens to Israelite spies and helps them so that the Israelites can conquer Jericho. For her supreme loyalty to Jehovah, Rahab and her family are spared when Jericho falls. Rahab becomes Jewish, marries an Israelite, and from her lineage, both David, both David and Jesus are born. We learn from Rahab that God is forgiving, that no matter what your background, no matter what you've done, you can be forgiven and great things can be in store for you. I really like the story. Of Rahab. She's mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus in the very opening verses of the Gospel of Matthew. One more story that I really like, very obscure one, from the Song of Solomon. This is about a Shumite young woman. Um, the Shulamite young woman was very pretty, but she was a country girl. She's the principal character in the Song of Solomon. Uh, the Bible doesn't really tell us even what her name is. And this Shulamite young woman remains loyal to the shepherd youth that she loves. 
her exceptional beauty catches the attention of wealthy King Solomon, who tries to win her affections. Although others urge her to choose Solomon over the humble shepherd boy, this Shulamite young woman refuses. She loves this lowly shepherd boy, and she is loyal to him. She's loyal to him. It's a great story of love and affection and of choosing love and devotion over wealth and power. It's a great story. I hope you've enjoyed these, just a few of the wonderful stories of women in the Bible. We could have talked about Eve, uh, Mary Magdalene, Martha and Mary, and many others. But I thought I would choose these a bit more obscure stories. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Happy Mother's Day to all. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.